Aloha, people of God. It's your brother Mike Dillard coming at you live and direct from Honolulu, Hawaii. Welcome to Fully Submitted with Brother Mike. Today we're going to worship the Lord. We're going to praise him. We're going to learn some new stuff. For some of y'all, this may be some old stuff. Um, but I was just taking my time before the Lord. I just spending FaceTime with him, right? On the, on the threshing floor on my face. And I was playing, I was told, I got the word heroes. That's what popped up in my mind, heroes. So I'm like, heroes? Hmm. Okay, okay. He want me to turn to Hebrews. Let me turn to Hebrews 11, right? So I listened. I put it on. You know, I got the Bible app going. I played Hebrews 11 loud. I listened to it. I was encouraged. And I'm like, all right, let me just, you know, you, you can either stop it or let it keep playing. So I let it keep playing through 12. And I heard something which really made me think. And I said, you know what? Y'all know how I do it, right? I'm, if I'm inspired, then it's like, okay, that this is a podcast. I, I'm inspired. I need to. I need to share this with the body, right? So I stopped what I was doing. I was like, you know, Master, please help me get this podcast, right? <laughs> I'm gonna give this podcast, and when I'm done, I'm gonna go right back in there and get back on my face before the Lord. But anyway, I wanted to come out and give this to you guys. All right, so. With that, let's go ahead and pray. Now, I might sound a little groggy because it's 9.54 in the morning. I ain't really doing nothing but laying on my face all day and uh, all night, right? So I might sound a little groggy, but it is what it is. You know how we do it. Okay, hey, it's a live and dynamic podcast, right? Wherever the message comes up, that's where I'm putting it down. Wherever I get it, that's where I spit it. So let's hit it. I'm sitting at the top of my steps in my house, and I'm about to give you all this podcast. Oh, Lord. All right, let's go ahead and pray. Father God, thank you so much uh, for the faith to believe that you are a rewarder of those that seek you diligently, God. We thank you, Father God, for the faith to believe that you really are exactly who you say you are. I mean, why would you lie? It's You wouldn't, you wouldn't lie. You would never want to lie to us. Plus, the Bible tells us it is impossible for you to lie. It's not, you literally cannot lie. So when you say something in the Bible, that is what you mean. You said it. That's it. That's it. Right? Oh, I wonder what the Lord meant by that. He meant exactly what he said. Lord, <laughs> seriously, God, I, I really ask that you bless my brothers and sisters around the world. God, I, I ask that you have blessed them. With the faith, God, to receive this message and to hear what thus saith the Lord, God, and to grow and the grace, God, to grow in this and to walk in it immediately, God, immediately, God. One more time, immediately, God. Father, I pray that you would give me the grace to deliver this word and, that, and give me the wisdom, you know, the wisdom of the tongue, God, um, to speak to my brothers and sisters. And that I also would be encouraged by this message. It's such a wonderful God. So on that note, God, oh, I also ask that you would bind up any foul, unclean spirits, Father, in the name of Jesus, God, that might be hindering my brothers and sisters from hearing this message. Yes, any unclean spirit or unclean influence, God, any unclean uh, uh, soul tie, God, that was created, that was formed to a human God, that would be dragging uh, them down and, and hindering them to believe this word. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, God, that you would sever this soul tie, God, that you would rebuke and send fire from the Holy Ghost to drive those foul, unclean spirits out in the name of Jesus. 
And Father, we consider this done. We ask this in your name and we consider it done. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you. Thank you. All right, all right. So we're going to get right into it. All right. See, I'm, look, I'm starting to wake up now. <laughs> that word gets me excited. Praying to the Lord gets me excited because when you really understand, see, look, I'm about to deviate. When you really understand, right, that God, and this is what sparked it. I'm trying to get to it. When you really understand that God, and by God, I mean the Lord Jesus Christ, is he, God help me, he's not some fable, you know, he's not some fairy tale, right? He's real, he's real, right? I've heard people say this over and over again. They say, man, you know, I love the way that you talk about the Lord. I mean, you know, it just sounds like he's so real to you. And I'm like, what? Because he is real. What are you talking about? He's real, right? So that's why when I talk to the Lord, I talk to the Lord like I would any other person. Now, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like he's a normal human walk around the planet. He gets more respect than any other person. So let's not get that twisted, right? But because he is real. And if you don't understand that, if you if you got this dry and antiquated, musty and dusty faith, Right. To where, you know, you're just going through the roads and, you know, you're praying, you know, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. But you don't really know. Lord, I'm trying not to get loud here, <laughs> but you don't really know that the Lord is God. I mean, that he's real, man. He's real like your mother or your father. He's real like your brother or your sister. He is real. He's that real. And if you don't know this. Right. Then, like I said in my last episode, you missing out. Right. And this is what the Lord wants you to know. He is real. He is real. He is real. He is real. Listen, here's the title, because I'm about to jump into this, but I got to I got to give you all the title first and the scripture. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The title is. You played yourself, kid. Yeah. Not you. See, I'm from New Jersey, right? Even though I live in Hawaii now. But back in the day, we always said, you know, yo or ya or this or that. But one of our favorite sayings was, you played yourself, right? Or you played yourself, kid, right? It's like, look, you just did something absolutely dumb, right? Maybe you didn't know any better. Maybe you did. But basically, you kind of messed yourself up, right? You played yourself, man. You played yourself, kid. You, that was something you should have won. That's something you should have had. But look, you know, oh, you didn't you didn't take care of your girlfriend. You know, your best friend was right there for oh, you played yourself, kid, man, man. You know, you know, that job could have been yours. You know, I, I mean, it was there for you, but you didn't make those moves, man. Now, you know, so and so overheard it, man. You played yourself, kid. Wow. You, you know, now you walk around feeling some type of way. Right. Because, you know, in your gut. You played yourself. Okay. Now, for this, some of y'all probably already know what we're going on the scripture. But we're going to go there anyway, right? We're going into Hebrews, Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, verses 15 through 17. Though the focus really is on 16 and 17, right? With more of a focus on 17. But I'm going to go ahead and read it anyway. Okay. Again, Hebrews 12, 15 through 17, it is written, 
See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled, that no one is sexually immoral or, here we go, unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. Wow. So, what triggered me or inspired me to do this podcast, like I said, I was on the floor, I was prostrate before the Lord, I was listening to it, and then I heard those words, right? See to it that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal, and I was like, yeah, man, that's messed up, you know? And the scripture says that, you know, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated, right? And I was thinking about that, like, whoa, Esau was unholy. He regarded the Lord and the blessings of the Lord so very little, right? This was not a man of faith. This man did not believe. He knew what the birthright was. Of course, he had heard of the birthright. I mean, that was a common thing in Israel, right? A common practice. The firstborn got the birthright. Everybody knew that. You know, it wasn't like Esau was a three-year-old or a four-year-old. He was a grown man, okay? He knew this. He had been trained on this, right? His father was a man of faith. So there are many people that call themselves Christians that grew up in Christian households. But like I said on my last episode, that that doesn't mean that you're a Christian. In my younger days, when I was in the military, I would just, you know, because, you know, I was always witnessing people. I would ask them like, hey, you know, I'm just curious, like, what what's what faith are you? You mean what religion are you? No, I mean, what faith are you like? You know, what what God do you believe? What do you, what do you believe in? Right. Oh, I, yeah, I'm a Christian. And I would say, oh, yeah. How do you know that? Right. And and many times they would just kind of give me a puzzle. Look like I was stupid. Like I was asking a stupid question. Right. And they're like, well, you know, I, you know, my mom and dad were Christians. I grew up in a Christian household. So that makes me Christian. And I would say I would laugh a little. I'm like, no, that's that's not how it works. That's not how it works at all. Right. God is a very personal God. Just because your mother and father are saved doesn't mean that you saved. Right. You you may have a mark on you to be God's child, but it doesn't mean that you're God's child yet. Right. You're not a Christian until you make that move individually and personally to the Lord yourself. Right. And so we see we see right here. Here's a perfect example. Right. Right. This this is uh, uh, Esau. Esau was uh, uh, Isaac's son, right? So Isaac, who was the prom the son of promise to Abraham, right? Abraham, <laughs> Abraham had Isaac, right? This is the 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 famed miracle baby Isaac, right? I mean, they had him when they were in their nineties, right? Isaac had uh, Esau. And Jacob. So Esau was the older brother. Jacob, who later became Israel, right, was the younger brother. Okay, right. So we know that Isaac was a very godly man. He was one of the forefathers, right, of of the Christian faith. 
Okay. Uh, he was a godly man, right? His wife was a godly woman. But we see here that Esau was not a godly man. And you can even look at Jacob at the time. Jacob wasn't a godly man, right? But Jacob at least had some faith in the Lord, okay? He had some faith in the Lord, right? And we know that. Why? Because otherwise, if he didn't, he would have believed like Esau. He wouldn't have even tried to con his brother when it came time to get the, you know, his brother came in hungry after hunting. You know, he was exhausted. He was famished. He asked his brother, oh, Jacob, you know, get, get me some food. Give me some food. Right. And he's like, yeah, I'll, you know, I've got the taste. Basically, I've got the tasty dish that you love, the food that I can make it. Right. You know, he's, give me some of that tasty food. Right. Uh, Sorry. Give me some of the tasty food. You know, I'm kind of paraphrasing. Right. Because this is like real life. Right. And he's like, well, I'll give it to you if you give me your birthright. Sell him your birthright. Right. And, and Esau's like, what do I care about a stupid birthright? I'm I'm dying over here of hunger. Man, give me the food. Right. OK, it's yours. Right. It's it might seem like to some people that aren't Christians or people of faith, of godly faith, it, it, you know, on the outside, this may look like a harmless interaction between two brothers. Right. You know. Younger brothers like to play jokes on older brothers and vice versa, right? But this was not that. This was something so much more significant. This was a holy thing which had been passed down amongst the generations. This was a holy thing. You don't play with holy things of God. You just don't, right? And so we see even though Jacob was like his name meant supplanter or deceiver, he must have had some level of faith in the Lord, because otherwise it would have had no value to him. See, so we, we can see the level of value that is placed upon this birthright by the two brothers by how they came at it. The one guy was like, I, what do I care about the blessing? I'm perishing. Now, the fact of the matter is he probably wasn't perishing. He was just hungry. Right. He OK. He may have been really hungry. But even still, he thought so little of the birthright. He saw he thought so little of the things of God, of the promises of God, of the blessings of God, that he would even entertain such a thing, let alone just blow it off and be dismissive and just flat out say, like, what does that even mean to me? Give me some food instead. And then we see Jacob, who was the liar, who was the trickster and the deceiver. But he understood he understood something about God. And obviously, you know, that's true because later we see his faith in God begin to grow and grow and grow until finally. Right. You know, the Lord spoke to him multiple times. The Lord changed his name from Jacob into Israel. Right. So, I mean, we see he was a man of faith, even though in his younger days, it didn't look like it. Right. And, and we see right here. So when he didn't he didn't think much of the blessing. And so because of that, he sold the scripture says he sold his birthright for a single meal. For, you know, that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected for he found no chance to repent, though he saw it with tears. So as Isaac was laying on his bed, dying, for those of you that know the story, you know the story. For, the, for those of you that don't, you know, OK, I'm going to give it to you. Right. So basically, this birthright is, is something that was passed on before they would die. They would prophesy the birthright you know they pray and prophesy the birthright over the 
over the children, over the firstborn son, right? There was still some blessings for the other sons too, but the the birthright that only went to the firstborn, right? The firstborn son. So as Isaac is on his deathbed, he's lying there, he's dying, right? Jacob's mother, who was a godly woman, she said, right, hey, look, basically do this, right? She she gave him a plan to deceive the father so that the father would think that Jacob was Esau, because basically Isaac was blind. He was, I don't think he was totally blind, but he was he was very, very blind. Like he could almost not see out of the eyes, right? So, you know, he couldn't make out who it was. So he went by his other senses, right? So the mom actually, I think she took like goat hair or something like that. And, you know, she put it on his arms because Esau was a hairy, you know, he was a, a hairy beast of a man, right? He had a lot of hair on him, right? So, you know, and, and Isaac's hearing was bad too. So he could hear some things, but he couldn't really make it out. So, you know, the mom sent him in there to get the firstborn blessing. Right. And and so what happened, Jacob, you know, he's a slickster. So he's like, wait a minute. If I go in and tell dad I'm Esau. Now, I know he can't really hear me and he can't see me, but dad's not stupid. Dad's going to feel my arm. Plus, he knows I'm a trickster. Dad's going to feel my arm to see if I'm hairy or not. I'm not a hairy guy. Mom, what do I do? So that's where the mom came. It was like, mom's like, OK, here, I'm going to put this hair on you. He's not going to know. And, you know, the wife, no one knows the husband better than the wife. Right. She had been married to him for many years, so she knew this would work. She knew it would work, right? And thus she sent him in, right? So he's in there and he's like, oh, father, I'm here. Who is it? It's your son. It's your firstborn son. It's Esau. He's like, oh, my firstborn son. Oh, my firstborn son, right? You know, so he's, you know, he's like, oh, I want you to make me the tasty dish that I love you so much and then I'll give you the blessing, right? So he made the tasty dish. He's eating it and he's like, man, you know, are you sure this is Esau? Mm, kind of sounds like Jacob to me. Let Come, my son, let me feel your arms, right? Because, again, a parent knows their kids, right? They knew Jacob was a trickster. He was always lying and deceiving and doing stuff. That's why he's like, wait a minute. This might be my other son trying to trick me because I can't really hear and I can't really see. Come, my son, let me feel your arms. Just like Jacob said he would, right? He felt the arms and he felt, ah, he's hairy. Plus his mom put Esau's clothes on him, right? Because Esau was a guy that, you know, he was a hunter like Isaac was. So, you know, he, he felt the hair on the arms. Mm, my son, it smells like, you know, you smell like you're out hunting. This is my son. Now I'll pronounce the blessing, right? And he gave the blessing to Jacob. And Jacob got it and took off. Pew, he's out of there, right? And then not that much longer later, Esau came in. That's right, because Esau, that's right. He had sent Esau out to get the food. That's right. <laughs> he sent Esau out to get the food. Now, of course, it wasn't fast food restaurants. So you couldn't just buy it. He had to catch the catch the game, catch the animal, kill it, dress it, prepare it, cook it. So he came back, right? And when, when Esau came back in with the tasty dish, I don't know what that was, but I'm fasting right now. So that tasty dish is sounding really good to me, but <laughs> I digress, right? Father, I've come with the tasty dish. And his father's like, what? What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I just, I just, you just brought me the tasty dish. He's like, no, no, no. I just got done. I just made it. It took me all of this time. Here it is, right? He's like, well, I don't know. 
Man, somebody just came in here with a tasty dish and I just gave them your blessing, right? What? No, no. You know, he's crying. No, Father, bless me, bless me. Like all the tears and all the drama and whatnot. And he's like, hey, I'm sorry, you know, but whoever came in here and got the blessing, you know, they are blessed and they're going to be blessed indeed. Don't you have any other blessing for me? He's like, mm, basically like, yeah, I got a little blessing. Hawaii, we say, we say small kind. Yeah, I got small kind blessing for you. Hold on, let me give you this little blessing, right? I mean, and that was it. And he was so mad, like he wanted to kill him. He's like, I'm going to kill him. That's the life, basically, like, that's the last year. I'm going to kill my little brother this time. So, you know, th that's how Jacob ended up taking off and going where he went to basically fulfill the destiny that God had for him. But my point is this, right? See, when you play yourself, like you, you ever done something where you just feel so stupid? It's like, man, that was so stupid. Why did I do that? That's what it means when you, pl you played yourself, kid. I was so stupid. Why did I do that? See, then in the moment, Esau realized how important his birthright was. He, he understood how important it was and that that trivial exchange that they had, <laughs> it was not a trivial thing. Because even a few scriptures later, he's, he's explaining like, look, first he tricked me out my birthright. Now he tricks me out of this, you know, with the food. And now he tricks me out of this. I'm going to kill him. Now he realizes I, I was so stupid. I played myself. And see, here's the thing. So one, many, many Christians that say they're Christians, they don't really have that relationship with the Lord or with Father or with Holy Spirit. So they really don't know. Like he's some distant, he's some distant God off in the distance, you know, that I can't really communicate with. I can't really commune with him. It's like, oh, oh. You know, but I can't really talk to him. He's such a mysterious God and he, he's so distant. Such a holy God. I could never communicate with him. I remember being on a submarine one time and my commanding officer, who was my very all time favorite commanding officer, but I'm not going to name his name in this. But yeah, I remember one time he asked me, he said, Pastor Dillard, why are you so happy? We was underway. That means you're underwater, right? Why are you so happy? And I said, well, it's it's the Lord. Right. <laughs> the Lord makes me happy. Right. He just he's just an amazing God. And then. Oh, I said something to the effect like, you know, he sees what I'm going through. He's always there for me and he, he always helps me. This is my captain I'm talking to. Right. And he said, hmm, you know, that's interesting. He said, although I do believe in God, I don't believe that God takes that God would take a personal interest and somebody like me, you know, or just any of us. I mean, he's such a big guy. I don't believe he would take a personal interest in a, in a in a human. And I was like, wow, no, Captain, he actually would. I mean, I didn't, it, you know, the conversation got ended abruptly. It's like he said what he said. He allowed me to say a little bit more after that. But mm, that was kind of it. Right. But I planted the seed. That's it. But that's the attitude of many, quote unquote, believers. Right. They believe that God is. But then that part where they, you know, you have to believe that he is a rewarder of those that seek him diligently. See, they don't believe that because they don't really believe the God of the Bible. Right. They believe that God is, but they don't believe the God of the Bible, because if you believe the God of the Bible, then you believe what the Bible said about God. And thus you would know, well, of course, God, that's how God is. He was like that in the Old Testament. He is like that in the New Testament. The Bible says he he never changes. He's still the same God. So, uh, yeah. Right. But many Christians, they don't believe that. 
So they don't believe that they have access to this great and fabulous God. They don't believe that. They also don't believe that he would take an interest in them because, you know, to God, compared to God, they're like an ant or like an amoeba. Right. So I wouldn't take notice of an ant. I wouldn't care about some man. I just as well step on an ant and an amoeba. I can't even see. But that's not how the Lord is. Yeah, we're we're super tiny compared to God. I mean, super tiny. But we are the apple of his eye. That means we're the focus of his eye. He's, you know, the apple of your eye. That is your it's basically your your eyeball or your, your iris. I don't know the medical term, but it's right there. Right. It's not going anywhere. Right. That is your focus. God sees you in me. He sees you in me. Right. So. So when you had Abraham who ended up sleeping with. uh, Oh, Lord, what was her name? What was her name? It was there. It was their servant girl. Right. So you had Abraham. Now he's Abraham. He wasn't Abraham. He was Abraham. Right. And you had Sarai. Right. You had Sarai and then you had their servant girl, right? Whom Sarai basically told Abraham, hey, go have sex with her. And, you know, this is how we're going to have the blessing. This is how we're going to have our child. But, you know, she had that child and then the child grew up and then she started looking at Sarai some type of way because it's like, hmm, you ain't got no child, but I have Abraham's child. Right. And then he sent them out. Right. Now he, well, technically, yeah, he sent them out. Abraham sent them out because Sarai was like, look, I blame you, right? This woman, you had sex with this woman, and now she's treating me some type of way, her and her child, they got to go. And he's like, basically like, kind of like, uh, you told me to do this. Like, is it my fault, right? So anyway, he sent them on the way. And while she was out there crying because she thought she was going to die, she thought her and her son was going to die. You know, the Lord spoke to her and said, look, I have heard the the... I've heard the, the cries of the child, right? The child was Abraham's child, right? Ishmael, right? So the woman was not a believer in Christ, but that child was a child of Abraham. So God heard the cries of Abraham, okay? Excuse me, not of Abraham, but of Abraham's seed. He heard the, the cries of Abraham's seed, which was Ishmael. So that lets you know right there, scripturally speaking, that God does see you. God does hear you. That was a little baby. But he heard it. He didn't say he heard the woman, but he heard the child. Right. That's a child of Abraham. That, that's his child. So, yeah, God does see and does pay quite attention to his children. Right. But if you don't know God like that, if you don't really believe, then OK, then what's going to happen is you're going to miss out. Right. You're missing out. On these blessings, like Esau missed out. Why? Because he played himself. He didn't really believe that the blessings that God had for him, he really had. And so he just went about his life until it came crunch time. And it says right here, right? For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. See, there's something, there's something so crucial in that sentence. What it is, is that there is a set time. You know, and there's, a, there's another scripture that says, you know, Though the though the the blessing uh, tarry, yet it will come. There is a set time to everything. There is a season. There is a set time. While you going through it, you have to remember there is a set time. Right? The devil 
wants you to not believe that there's a set time. He wants you to give up and have the same attitude that Esau had about the blessing. Well, what do I care, right? I'm in the moment. What do I care about this blessing, right? I've lived, I don't, I don't know how old he was. Maybe he was 20, 25. I don't know. I've lived this many years. What, what's that blessing mean to me? I need food right now. So, you know, he had a short-term uh, uh, thinking instead of a long-term thinking, which is faith. Faith, you in it for the long term, right? And that goes back to you must believe that God is a rewarder of those that seek him diligently. It takes time to seek the Lord diligently. It takes time, man. This ain't just no, you know, I always say one and done or I prayed five minutes and no, sometimes the Lord will answer a prayer like that. But more often than not, man, you got to seek him. You, those that diligently seek him day in, day out, day in, day out, month after month, year after year. Right. It doesn't take it's not a quick thing. Right. Moses, Moses, it took 40 years before Moses came to uh, the position to where God was going to use him for his destiny. Right. I heard Sister Courtney uh, on her podcast one time mentioned that, you know, the Lord told her in 2009 that she was going to have a podcast. He told her the name and everything. But she said what I didn't understand was that it was going to be an 11 year growth period, an 11 year period before she actually got to that. Right. It's all the behind, you know, Moses was on the backside of the mountain. It's all that backside of the mountain time. It's preparation time. The Lord knows who you are, but you don't know who you are. So it's all at that time where you're being tested. You're being tried. You're being challenged. Your faith is being tried. And so will you know what's really in your heart? God already knows, but you don't know what's in your heart. And so it's during those time periods of many months and many years that you learn about yourself. And you also begin to learn about the Lord and the goodness of the Lord. Right. You, but really, the wilderness period is not to learn about God's goodness. The wilderness period is really for you to learn about you. It's really to learn about what's inside of you. God already knows, but you don't know. I remember a long time ago when I first got saved and I, I didn't say this to anybody. I said it to myself quite frequently <laughs> and, and I learned the error of moments. I remember being at church one time and listening to people give their testimonies. And man, people just have the most jacked up lives and the most jacked up testimonies, which are amazing testimonies, really not jacked up because their life was so jacked up. And then you looked at God's goodness and how he blessed them and brought them through. And there was a testimony. And I was thinking to myself, I had a good life. Like, I, I obviously, I, I really don't need a savior. I said that to myself. I said, I, I really don't need a savior. I mean, I'm good. Wow. Right. But that was my mindset. I didn't even know. I didn't know how wretched I was. I didn't know the evil that was in my heart and all. I had no idea. Just no idea. And so I, because I had no idea, I couldn't look at the Lord accurately. Now, this part here is for people that don't know the Lord, right? People that don't know the Lord, they think they don't need the Lord. Well, one, they think he doesn't exist. And then if they do take the time to think that he just might possibly exist, they think they don't really need the Lord. And that's why they're not bothered. And this is why uh, when you look at how Ray Comfort uh, preaches, when you look at how and look him up, Ray Comfort, the way, uh, Lord, what is it? Oh, Waters, Living Waters Ministries. Thank you. Living Waters Ministries, right? 
Ray Comfort, uh, Kirk Cameron, and some other people around there, right? But they noticed, the Lord pointed out to Ray Comfort several years ago that, you know, he did their, the, the research and the statistics and found out that there were so many false conversions in the church. And by that, that means that somebody came in, they said the prayer, they said it, right? But then afterwards, they fell away. They really, it didn't take root. And the reason it happens is because people were, they weren't, they weren't evangelizing non-believers in a biblical way, so to speak. I said this was for the non-believers, apparently it's for believers too. But they were just saying, listen, all you got to do is say the prayer of faith and he'll come into your heart. It's like, yeah, it, it takes more than that. You notice Jesus never said that. What Jesus always did, Jesus always quoted at least one of the Ten Commandments. He would point out the moral law first, right? So that way it puts everybody on the same footing. You look at the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are perfect. It's not that the Ten Commandments were broken and that's why we have a new covenant. No, the Ten Commandments was perfect in what it was meant to do. The Ten Commandments, God gave man the Ten Commandments to show man that man is not perfect, that man cannot live without breaking the Ten Commandments and the punishment for breaking the Ten Commandments. Any one of the commandments was death, 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 death. So then, you know, all have sinned, the Bible said, all have sinned. In other words, every human that's ever lived has broken the Ten Commandments. Why? You can't not break the Ten Commandments. Pardon my bad grammar, but you can't not break them. Have you ever lied? Have you ever stolen? Have you ever used God's name in vain? Have you ever said something that wasn't true? Did you ever take something that didn't belong to you? Right. Did you ever. Right. Did you ever violate the Sabbath? You have done at least one. And most of us have done much more than one. Right. Much more than one. Have you ever bore false witness against your neighbor? Right. You ever lusted after a woman? You ever lusted after a man? You ever coveted something that didn't belong to you? Right. That's the Ten Commandments. You and I have broken the Ten Commandments many times and still do, right? So that's what the Ten Commandments was for. So Jesus would point people to the, to the Ten Commandments, which is the moral law. So they understood like, nah, man, you ain't as good as you think you are. Like you broke God's law. Oh, well, I did. Well, everybody broke. Well, yeah, but we ain't talking about everybody. We're talking about you. What happens when you die and God judges you according to his law? What's going to happen to you? Is he going to let you into heaven or hell? He's the perfect judge and you broke his law. Well, I guess I would go to hell. You would go to hell, right? This is where the new covenant comes in with Jesus, uh, which it says is a better covenant. Not that the old covenant was an imperfect. It was perfect, but the new covenant is better. Why? Because now you can be accepted as a son, right? Your sins can be forgiven. You don't have, you and I don't have to keep going and finding pigeons and finding goats and killing them in the blood. And we don't have to do that. There was one perfect sacrifice made for all time. Jesus Christ, the perfect lamb of God. He never broke God's commandments. Perfect. Right. So now we have a savior. We have a great high priest who is in place offering up prayers for us before the God of Israel, who was father, father, God. Right. It's perfect. It's a better covenant. OK, but this is why you need it. So, again, if you don't believe that God is, and you don't believe one God is and you don't believe that you really need a savior. Why? Because you you were never introduced to the moral laws. You don't even understand the Ten Commandments and how it applies to you, nor how you broke the law and how you deserve to be punished by death eternally. 
then you're not going to have a right understanding of God, of who he is and all his awesomeness and, and powerfulness. And as they say about he's a terrible, it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. You don't understand that God. You, you don't really get the full picture of him, nor do you get the full picture of his mercies, his tender mercies that are renewed daily. You, you don't have a, a full picture of this and you don't understand. Look, he's the one that didn't even spare his own son, his only son. The Bible says, how much more would he give you if you asked him? Jesus is that's the greatest gift. That the father, that God, the father could have given to me or to you was his son, Jesus. So when you ask him for anything else, guess what? There is nothing that compares to his love for Jesus. Absolutely nothing. There is no sac. That was God's sacrifice. Him giving you a new promotion or him bringing you a husband or a wife. Those are not sacrifices. He just he'll give it to you because he loves you. Right. But but what was a sacrifice? To the God that has everything. Oh, God, good God. What was the sacrifice that the one that that owns the entire uh, universe and all creation? What was the only thing that he could have given as a sacrifice? His very all his heart. It was his son. He gave Jesus. He gave Jesus. There's nothing that compares to that. So when you think about. God's goodness. Why would God give me, you know, uh, some sprawling business? Why, why would God bless me and turn my life upside down and make it good and make me a winner all of a sudden? Why would God bring some some wonderful man into my life to marry so that we could have kids? Why would God bring some wonderful woman into my life that I can marry? You know, why? Why would he do those things? See, you don't understand why he would do those things because you missed a major component of your faith. You missed who God really is and how great his mercy is. Right. And when you get that, then you understand like, whoa, God is real. He's real. God's not like some fable, some make believe. No, God really is real. I told you, I asked God several years ago. As a baby Christian. Right. I said, Lord, I started thinking about things and I'm like, you know what? I said, God, I mean, you no know disrespect. I said, but if you're real, I mean, you know, disrespect. But if you are real, that means heaven is real. That means hell is real. That also means the devil is real. Oh, wow. The devil is real. That would mean that he probably does not want me to know that you're real because he would want me to keep believing that you're not real. So that means probably every time you do something in my life, he would probably tell me it's just a coincidence. Now, I believe now that this was the Lord that gave me understanding. He gave me wisdom and understanding because I really didn't know the Lord yet, but I understood that. And that's why I said, oh, you know what, Lord? I see. So, Lord, I need you, please, if you are real, I need you to make yourself real to me beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I literally meant those words. And what happened was stuff started happening. Stuff would happen. And I would say, oh, and the thought would occur in my mind. Was that God? Oh, that was God. But then the, the very next thought would be, it's a coincidence, right? And this went on. I don't recall, Lord, you know, I'm trying to be honest. I really don't recall how many weeks or if it was even, a, I don't think it went past a month. I think it was a matter of weeks that these coincidences just kept happening, kept happening, kept happening. And the same dialogue would happen in my mind because I'm looking for the Lord to show himself to me. So I'm like, whoa, 
That, well, that was God. But then the thought would be, it was just a coincidence. So finally, at one point, after weeks of this happening, it, it just happened one more time. I was on the street and I literally yelled out loud. I said, God, now I know that was you. It is not possible that I could have that many coincidences. That is not possible. That is you. You are answering my prayer. I'm yours. For the rest of my life, I am yours. That was that. And since then, he has continued to show me beyond a shadow of a doubt. He is who he says he is. He's real. He's God. He ain't some far off distant God. So if you don't know God like that, and some people say, well, you know, some people, God created some people to know him like that. Baloney, hogwash, balderdash, right? That's ridiculous. Anybody, right? What's, what the Bible say? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth upon him shall not perish but shall have everlasting life. Whosoever is whoever. Anybody can come to God. But they that come to God must believe that he is, number one, and that, number two, he is a rewarder of those that seek him diligently. Right? It's right there. It's right there. It's right there. Right? If you don't know God like that, if you don't know that God is as real as you and me, if you don't know that, then I strongly encourage you to pray that prayer I prayed or something along the lines of it. God is faithful. Right? As long as you come to him respectfully, you ain't come to him, you know, being all, you know, God, strike me dead. If You know, there's foolish people that do. If you're real, God, then strike me dead right now. <laughs> Whatever. God is merciful even to fools, right? Thankfully, he didn't answer that prayer, right? But if you come to him respectfully, right? And Paul mentions that in another scripture. If you, if you come to him respectfully, you believe, right? Just ask him. In sincerity, ask him. You're coming to him in sincerity. Lord, please. Right. And if you don't really know, then just be honest. Just be honest. Right. The Bible says that love must be completely sincere. Be completely sincere with the Lord. See, if you don't operate in complete sincerity, then you don't expect others to operate like that, which means you also do not expect the Lord, who is God almighty, to express himself like that. But he is like that. We love because he loved us first. He shows us complete sincerity. So we have to come to him in complete sincerity. He already knows you. So no sense trying to front like we used to say back in the day. Don't front. Don't don't put on a mask. Don't try and put on like some act like like God can't see you. God can see right through you. He can see right through you. So be honest. Own it. Just like I did. Lord, you know, I don't know if you're real. I don't know. Now, I grew up. My mom sent me to church all the time. I had an affinity for memorizing Bible scriptures, right? But it didn't mean that I knew, I didn't know the Lord. I didn't know that the Lord was real, like he was really real. I believed that God was, but I didn't know. You know, I believe he was somewhere off in the distance. I believe that, yeah, God actually did make everything. I believe that, but he was some distant God. I really didn't believe that he was like real like that until I had that, you know, encounter with him. And so that's why I say, listen, just be honest. If you don't know him like that, there's no shame, right? 
He wants you. He wants you to know the scripture says, come now, let's reason together. Right. He wants you to reason in your mind. He will give you what you need to understand that he is really, really, really real. He's real like you or like any of your family members or like your coworkers. He is real. And he's even more real than that. Why? Because he made everything. You wouldn't exist without him. So he's actually even more real than you are or I am. Pray to him and ask him that and watch what he does. Watch what he does. Because up until now, if that's you up until now, my brother, my sister, man, you've been missing out. And guess what? You've been playing yourself. You played yourself, kid. You're playing yourself small, right? There's so much more that the Lord, the God, the King of glory has for you. But all you're doing, you just been getting crumbs, crumbs. See, the Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust. So there's wicked people that are getting blessings, too. Right. I'm telling you, if you don't know the Lord like this, you you. How can I even explain it? There's this old Bugs Bunny cartoon. It's got Daffy Duck on it. And I, I, I'm not trying to compare God to a genie. I'm not first disclaimer. I'm not saying that. But basically, Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny went into they went into it was a king or some sultan and they went into his they, they bugs bunny burrowed underneath and they popped up into this treasure trove it was all it was a whole huge cave full of treasure there's gold and there's diamonds and there's rings and there's all types of stuff in there right daffy duck we if you know daffy duck you know daffy duck is a greedy he doesn't represent the best in humanity, right? So he's just like, woohoo, I'm rich, I'm rich, right? He's, you know, mine, 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 it's all mine. He's just, you know, but imagine this, because you've only been getting the merest of trinkets, right? It's like you are in that cave. Imagine the biggest cave you can, and it is full to the ceiling with pearls and rubies, precious gemstones, gold bars, gold nuggets, anything that is a precious material, diamonds, the whole nine. It's literally like a mountain or like for those of you that used to read fantasy books like I used to read. I don't do it anymore. But the dragon, right? The dragon had a cave full of gold of all the riches and it always protected. It didn't let nobody get the gold. A cave like that. I'm just trying to give you an illustration, right? Um, but imagine in a cave like that, all you got was one diamond. Bink. I, cook, I got a diamond and I got a pearl necklace. I'm happy. It's like, what? Listen, don't you under, you don't, you see, you don't understand. You don't understand. This whole cave is yours. <laughs> it's your cave. That's how it is with God. He has so many blessings for you, brothers and sisters. So many blessings for you. But you don't believe that he is a rewarder of those that seek him diligently. You don't believe either. A, you don't believe he's really real like that. So thus you don't believe. Like I said, check your premise. You don't believe everything else that comes after that. Or you believe that he's God or, you, or, or you're like my, my former captain. Oh, I believe that he's God, but I don't believe that he would really take an interest in me like that. Like I'm just a little small human. Mm, 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 mm. And so if you don't believe that, you don't believe everything that comes after that. And thus, you really don't believe he has all it is. You, you're telling me that God has that for me? 
Have you not read Deuteronomy 28? The part about the blessings, not the part about the cursings. Have you not read that? Have you not read Isaiah 58, which talks about how he's going to bless you if you fast a real fast? A real fast. That's a whole nother, a whole nother lesson. A lot of fasting that people are doing is not even biblical fasting. And that's why they keep expecting to get these results. Like it says in Isaiah 58, they never see it. Why? Because they're not doing a real fast. They're not doing a real fast. And instead of stopping to check, right? You know, if you're if you're on your way to a goal, like one of the ways to have a, a, a goal, right? You know, it's, they call it a smart goal. It's, it's specific. It's measurable. It's attainable. It's realistic. And you can track it. It's a smart goal. That's what they call it. Well, as you're on your way to a goal, you have to you have to take the time to look around and see if what you're going for. Um, am I getting closer to this thing or am I still in the exact same place that I started? And for people that are really going after something you are looking around. I'm a person that's I'm a goal driven person. I've got multiple companies. Right. These things just didn't happen. Right. I've got I've got sticky notes all over my wall I'm, as I go up and down my steps. Right. I can see these things. I can track these things. I know if I'm getting closer. Right. Right. So at some point, if you're asking God for something and this is the importance of having a journal, you write it down. You prayed. You wrote it down. Am I getting any closer? Has it come to pass yet? Or you don't really believe that you're going to get it anyway. And so you didn't write it down. You're not keeping track of it because you don't really believe that you're going to get it. It's like, yeah, I prayed the prayer. I asked God. God, I asked you. You ain't never give it to me. <laughs> but you didn't check your faith, though. Right. You didn't check your faith. So going back to Isaiah 58, you're fasting, you're praying. You're praying. Are you getting what Isaiah 58 said you're going to get? Are you getting that? And tithing, and I'm not going to even go in this area here, but I got to say it. <laughs> the Lord explained this to me several years ago. Listen, most Christians are tithing, not out of fear of God. Most Christians are tithing because, one, they were taught to tithe out of obedience. And two, they're taught that they're going to get wealth. God is going to give them wealth. Right. When you look at the scriptures that are being used in churches today about tithing, if you only if you really believed it, what you was going to get, then you'd be tracking. You'd be checking and you'd ask yourself, hey, wait a minute. The scripture is saying I'm going to get all of this stuff. Mm, I've been tithing for the last 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. I ain't never seen that. Right. And somewhere in your mind, something should click and be like, wait a minute. You know what? I must be doing something wrong <laughs> because God is holy. He can't lie. So if God said, I'm going to get this, if I do this, then I must be doing something wrong. And they must be teaching this wrong. And that's what's happened. It's twofold. Again, this is not for this message, but the seed has been planted. If you've been tithing, you've been tithing, you've been tithing. Right? It's not wrong for you to be like, um, where's all the stuff that God promised me? See, when you have that moment right there, then now you can grow, right? And you can get closer to what he promised you because now you're realizing that there is something wrong. And it ain't on God's side. 
So it's something that is being taught wrong. And that's why you're not receiving what the Bible clearly says you should get. And or you're doing it wrong. Which goes back to number one, because you was taught wrong. Right. So anyway. Right. Listen. God has all of this for you, literally, and more than a cave full. He has so much for you. But because you don't believe he is who he says he is, because you don't believe in the God of the Bible, which again clearly tells you who he is, how much he loves you. He gave his only begotten son for you. There's nothing I can compare to that. So the other stuff that you're asking him for in Hawaii, we say it's manini. That's small kind stuff. That's manini, right? That ain't no big thing. <laughs> ain't no big thing. But in order to access that, right? You have to you have to seek him diligently and you can't be like Esau, unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. Why? Because he didn't think that much of the blessing. He didn't really believe that God was going to bless him and that that was even a real thing. It was just something that people talked about. They bandied about, but he, he didn't believe it. And so that's why he did that unholy action. Which made God say, Jacob, I love, but Esau, I have hated Wow. There's not very many people in the Bible that God's God. People say God loves everybody. God said he hated Esau. How about that? How about that? It would be scary. Now, here's some more truth. and I can feel that we're going to be coming to a close in a little bit. First, John talks about how you need to check yourself, basically, right? And to see if you really are a Christian. I've had those scary moments where I, I had to go before the Lord. And this just popped in my mind yesterday. And if you if you knew my daughter, Kyra, the miracle baby, as I also call her, even though she's a grown woman now, she could attest to this. I remember one time we had Bible study. The family, we had Bible study. And, you know, we're going around. We got the scripture and, you know, Holy Spirit is saying certain things to each person. And then when it got to me, he said something to me, which basically was like. Um, it was like almost like a Cain and Abel thing, like basically my offering, my offering unto the Lord was not good. He was not pleased at all. And, and at that time, I thought that I was really like jamming for the Lord. And I was so serious. And I remember after I got that, I remember I was just it took all I could muster to just finish the Bible study. I'm the head of the household for crying out loud. I got to finish the Bible study. And it's like, OK, you know what? We prayed out. The kids went to bed. You know, my wife at the time, she went upstairs and I just stayed downstairs and I was at the couch. This is the couch. In, it was in this house. Right. The couch where I always spend time with the Lord. I just stayed at the couch and I was crying. I didn't think anybody could hear me. But my daughter let me know. She's like, Dad, I heard you down there crying. I was crying. My heart was even just thinking of it now. It makes me almost cry. Right. Because I thought that I loved the Lord so much. But then to find out, it's like, no, you really don't love me as much as you think you love me. Right. What? No. Check your heart. Right. Spend time before me. Check your heart. Right. And so for some of you. Right. You might be horrified. I was heartbroken. And I was horrified to find out that I didn't love the Lord like I thought I loved the Lord. Not at all. Right. And, and what if you are in that position? Scary talk. I know. Shots fired. Right. What are what if you are in that position to where you're like an Esau and you find out that really like you're hated by the Lord? In your mind, you might be just, no, 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 no. I, I, will, I refuse to reject. I refuse to reject that. Listen. Listen. 
Okay. If that is you, just like I found myself in that very unenviable position, then that means you need to go before the Lord and repent. Better to find out now. Right. The scripture says, make peace with the king while he is afar off. It's painful. It's scary. But I'm in a much better place now than I was. What was that? 15 years ago. Uh Right. What if the Lord never told me that? What if I didn't take the time, you know, to seek him on the matter? What if I didn't go through those scary things, him revealing the things? And I'm telling you, if you think that you don't have scary stuff inside your heart, you need to think again. Right. Because no human is perfect. We all have sin. That's why God says our righteousness is as under filthy rags. There is stuff in your heart that you are aware of, but then there's a deeper layer. There are things that you are not consciously aware of. It is there. And if and if Holy Spirit shows you that stuff, you will be terrified and run screaming to the hills. There's literally things that he showed me. I literally started screaming, right? Because I didn't know that evil thing was in me. But God calls us to be bold. He calls us to be bold. Right. And of a strong and of good courage. It takes good courage to go to the Lord and say, Lord, show me me. That's what it was. I said, Lord, show me. How do you see me? Lord, show me how you see me. See, now what I'm getting from him, he's showing me things about myself. It makes me laugh and smile and cry. Oh, Lord, I didn't even know you looked at me like that. They're favorable things now. But back then it wasn't favorable things. And I was reading the Bible. I was praying, even prayed in tongues. I fasted, right? But he wasn't looking at me like that, right? The way he looks at me now, because there was things in my heart that I was doing. There was a particular way that I was looking at him. There was active sin in my life, right? So I didn't know I was going here, but now that I think about it, I guess there's really no way that I God wouldn't lead me here, right? I strongly encourage you, brothers and sisters, let no man think of himself more highly than he ought to. There's, there's what you think about yourself. But if you have not sought God on the matter, I don't mean one and done. I prayed, Lord, what you think about me, Lord? Oh, and then whatever thought pop up in your head was going to be a good thought because it was you giving you the thought. Oh, obviously, that's what God thinks about me. Nah, 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 nah. See, when you really want to know something from God, you will seek God. You will fast and pray. Right. I'm fasting and praying right now because why? The Lord gave me something the other day and then he confirmed it and then let me know. OK, I'll give you even more of a breakdown on this. If you seek me in fasting and praying, Psh, Lord, you ain't got to tell me twice. I'm fasting. Right. So if you really want to know and I don't care if you are a preacher, a reverend, a pastor, a bishop, a prophet. I don't care. Prophets probably will know because they hear from the Lord so frequently. He probably would have told them. But even still. If you have not gone before the Lord and sought him through fasting and prayer, say, Lord, show me my heart. Show me my heart. Right. Then you don't know. And you don't want to be deceived. Right. And, 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 and wow, Holy Spirit, you're amazing. How he, I love how he does this. He tied it back into this. Look, see to it. <laughs> see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. That no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble and by it and by it many become defiled. Well, how do you see to it that none of this hidden stuff springs up? You have to go to him and you have to ask him point blank. Seek him through fasting and prayer. Lord, show me this. 
show me this. Show me me. How do you see me? Lord, show me my heart before you, right? You don't want to be surprised, right? The scripture says, oh, there's there are many that will say, Lord, Lord, right? On that day. Lord, I, I, I preached, I prophesied, I did this, I did that. And the scripture says, the Lord's going to be like, away from me, you evildoer. I never knew you. Don't think that that cannot be you. Because it can. See, that would have been me. It would have been me. If I wasn't taking the time to seek the Lord, if the Lord hadn't told me, and if I didn't have the courage to just sit there and start crying and, and just start seeking him, and that is a process that took years, him working, you know, getting me to trust that. It's like, OK, I'm I'm kind of scared. I don't necessarily really want to hear this stuff, but I'd rather hear it than than stick my head in the sand like an ostrich. And I get surprised and get left behind. You know, what, Lord, just tell me, tell me, because it's going to be OK. You're going to help me get up. It's going to be scary. I might I might fall out for dead, but you're going to revive me. You're going to help me get back up. But I need to know this. Because you're a holy God and you're coming soon. And I don't want to be surprised. Tell me. Tell me. Right? And as you do that, that's how you um, ensure that no root of bitterness. Well, let's back up. That's how you see to it that you don't fail to obtain the grace of God. That's how you see to it that no root of bitterness springs up in you and causes you trouble. And by it, many become defiled by what you're saying or how you're presenting yourself, but really before God and really in a spiritual scheme of things, you ain't really who you think you are. And there's many people that think they're one way and then I interact with them and I'm like, wow, Lord, wow, that person is really walking in self-righteousness. They, they think that they are really the spiritual bee's knees and they have no understanding. They don't know you at all. Oh, my goodness. So I'll pray for those people because you can't really talk to a self-righteous person because why? They're self-righteous. They have their own version of righteousness. So you can't tell them they're going to slap it away. The seed will not go in. They ain't trying to hear that. In their eyes, they are near perfect. I was self-righteous. I don't even need a savior. What? It's, it's comical now, but I'm coming to a close. It's comical now, but don't let that be you, please. I encourage you, brothers and sisters. Again, why am I coming out here in this podcast? The Lord sends me out here, right? So you you don't have to learn it the hard way. Like I used to tell the guys in the prison, look, there's no difference between me and you, right? Y'all have done all sorts of stuff to screw up your life, and so did I. Just that you ended up in prison, and I didn't, right? But I have made every single mistake. You can trust me. I, I'm that guy. But now on the other end, you know, instead of him using me as, as a cuss word or a byword, right, because I repented, now he can use me to bring glory to his name. Well, it was going to bring glory to his name regardless, right, because he's a righteous God. But now he can use me to help others. So instead of me being that, that uh, what's the scripture say? There's, there's, many, there's many articles in the house, right? Some, some things are, are for noble purposes and some for in, ignoble purposes. Like I said, a toilet is used for ignoble purposes. You go and use the toilet, like, come on, right? You use the bathroom. That's not a noble purpose. You don't want to be a spiritual toilet, right? 
I want to be like the goblet, the golden goblet in the Lord's hand that he drinks the, the, the vine of. You know, he drinks the wine. This is me. This is what I want to be. I want to be used for noble purposes by the Lord. Don't you want that? Brothers, don't you want that, sisters? This is how you do it. This is how you do it. You have to be intentional. Go to the Lord. Right. Fast and pray. I'm serious. Don't just be like, well, I'm just going to go to the Lord. No, 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 no. Because see, if you really meant it, you're going to sacrifice that food. Don't play. OK, this is very serious. And things that are very serious, you know, you go to the Lord and you fast and you pray. Fast and pray to the Lord. Lord, show me my heart. How do you see my heart? Lord, what's in my heart? He'll start showing you those things. He's going to show you. He is going to show you, okay? And some of the stuff is going it's going to be really scary. I'm going to tell you right up front. It's going to be really scary because as he shows you those things, one, you're going to realize, I, I didn't even know that was in me. But at the same time, you're going to understand the implications of that. Like, oh my goodness, if that's found in me, if I died today, that was found, I would go to hell. I would go to hell. Why? Because it's unrepentant sin. You didn't confess. You didn't repent it. You didn't even acknowledge the sin. You just thought you was running around all good. And that's why there's going to be so many that have a form of godliness. They say the right things. They read the Bible and pray. But guess what? They never came to God to ask him about their heart. It never even entered their mind to do it. But you go on the scriptures, they, they would go before the Lord. And, you know, you have to do that. OK. And so as you do that, Holy Spirit will show you those things in that way. You will not be surprised when the Lord comes. You won't get left behind and he's not going to be like you. He's not going to be like, uh, I don't know you. I never knew you away from me, away from me. I'm sending you to hell now with, with the devil and his angels, right? You don't want that. And the only way that you can ensure that is go to him, fast and pray and seek him on this matter. Okay. God is who he is. He is who he says he is. He has for you what he had, what he says he has for you. But you have to believe him. So one, if you don't really believe that coming to a close now, one, if you don't really believe that, just ask him in sincerity. Lord. I'm so sorry, but I don't necessarily believe this about you. Um, will you please make it known to me beyond a shadow of a doubt? You really are who you, you really are, who you are. Please. He'll show you. Right. He'll show you. And then your faith will be rock solid. No matter what comes at you, it's going to be like, well, I, OK, well, you know what? Life is hard. I just lost everything. But you know what? I know that I know that I know that the Lord is God. There ain't nothing you can do to get me to believe that the Lord is not God. Why? He already dealt with it back there. Man, we already dealt with that way back there. Right. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt the Lord is God. He made himself known to me. And that's that. And if you want to know that. Ask him. He will make himself known to you like that. OK. And then the last thing is this. In order so that you don't have any surprises on the day of the Lord. Right. You need to go to him intentionally and seek him out with fasting and prayer. Don't go out. Don't go by what you believe about yourself. Because we all believe good things about ourselves, but it doesn't mean that it's true. Right. Did the Lord tell you that or no? You just you believe that. In other words, you're walking in self-righteousness. If, and if you're not even going to be like, I'm not even going to do that. Uh, OK, well, just know this. Seeds been planted. Shots fired. Know that you are walking in self-righteousness. OK. 
because you're not even willing to entertain the fact that you could possibly have some deep, dark, scary, sinful, nasty stuff in you. Uh, that's going to cause you to lose out on the kingdom or at the very least cause you to lose out on all of these blessings. Right. Where in the very end, when you come before the Lord, you're going to be like, man, I played myself, kid. Boom. Got you. All right. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to go ahead and close out. Right. So remember, hey, I love you with the love of the Lord. Always submit yourself unto God. Then resist the devil and he will flee from you. Until next time, aloha and be blessed.